This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. You're about to get wrecked. Rotowire's dedicated esports podcast, where we talk about all the latest events and what that means to you, the fans. Here's your host, Joe Bartle and Kevin Hill. Oh man, Kevin, what an introduction. Awesome to be here and talking to you right now. Hey, we're uh, we're movers and shakers, man. Since that first podcast where it's just all talk, thought I'd add a little intro for you. Which nobody heard, by the way, which was probably for the best. Yeah, yeah, you know how it goes. Well, yes, you're right. This is the second episode of eSport or of RotoWire's eSports dedicated podcast, Get Wrecked. I am Joe Bartle and Get Wrecked. Join alongside me, the guy that's yelling in the mic right now is Kevin Hitt. Uh, Kevin, there has been a lot to discuss recently, uh, a lot of tournaments this weekend in particular. It's like they didn't even know it was Mother's Day. Come on now. Oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, no, a lot of Dota 2 stuff going on with, uh, you know, we'll start with the the little guy. You know, Canada Cup Season 7 going on over in our neighbors up north. Don't make fun of the Canadians. Oh, hey. Hey, we got some <laughs> tournaments going on up there. Uh, they're doing their thing. But the big one that's going on right now is the Epicenter in Moscow, mm-hmm. where we've got eight teams slugging it out for uh, a shot at the $250,000 prize pool. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of money on the line. I, I know that you've been watching pretty anxiously for uh, throughout most of the tournament. Is there, I guess the first question I ask, is there any big losers from this event so far? Well, the great thing about this tournament, one of the things I like about it, is that uh, even coming out of group, everybody makes it to the playoffs. So I am a little uh, concerned that complexity went 0-2 in Group A, and uh, uh, Virtus Pro going 1-2 and um, in Group B, Those are, that's a little surprising, but newbies stepped up their game. And uh, But again, the great thing I like is that all the teams get to go to the playoffs, so there's a little redemption to be had there. 
Okay, so newbie newbies you are liking so far, what are they doing that you're seeing uh, success-wise in this tournament? They're being really aggressive. They're pushing lane and uh, taking a lot of damage to the other team. Um, it, it's a little different from what I'm used to watching with them where they're you know, doing a lot of farming, doing their thing, and being very calculated. But, man, they're rushing lane right now and getting after it, and I really like it. Not only that, but uh, the team that really is evil geniuses is finally starting to play well again. They're finally starting to uh, get after it. And uh, right now I'm taking a look at the standings as we as we talk because they are actually playing <laughs> during this broadcast right now. Uh, um, but unfortunately, it looks like Team Liquid took it to them in the top bracket and uh, has beaten them two to nothing. But uh, so the Evil Geniuses will actually be dropping down to the lower half with Newbie. Oh yeah, yeah. So newbie takes a loss in three to OG, two to one. And if newbie and evil geniuses win out against the uh, newbie, would play the winner of Alliance and Team Secret. Evil geniuses will play the winner between Complexity and Virtus Pro, which should be a really good match, by the way. They could actually uh, see each other in the next round to try and get to that uh, loser's final bracket. So a lot of things happening at Epicenter. Um, again. I love tournaments where everybody makes it to the bracket because you can have one bad match, right the ship, and watch what happens as you go throughout that bracket. Well, it's interesting that you're talking about Newbie because they were a team that everyone thought was on the up and up heading into the Shanghai Major. And then, just like every other Chinese team that took place in that tournament, they stunk it up. I mean, they didn't even, they had ninth through 12th place in that. And we haven't even seen them in a national stage, or I guess, yeah, I suppose national would work uh, since then. So what you're saying they're attacking the lanes, and I get that, but how is that any different than what they were doing in the Shanghai Major prior to? Well, it looks to me like they have a little bit better coordination. Uh, it looked like they were a little lost in Shanghai, where they'd have one guy jamming down mid, and they couldn't rotate fast enough. It looks like they're communicating a lot better now in-game, and their rotations and their ganks are, are working a little bit better. Uh, but to bring up Shanghai again, man, you're right. I don't know if you remember, but uh, eHome actually had an invite to this event. And oh, then when yeah. they played so bad, <laughs> they're like, you know what? We don't want you here anymore. You're not good enough. And that uh, that kind of threw a monkey wrench into things. And, and eHome was the team that beat uh, Newbie <laughs> at the Shanghai Dota 2 Open uh, to get there. So now we're, it's like coming full circle right now. Yeah, which is, which is nuts to me, this whole thing. Yeah, so that's a story in my mind is like E-Home, they, they were not happy, to say the least, that they got kicked out of this. They played it politically correct on their Facebook page, but, you know, I, I talked to them a little bit, um, and they weren't happy. But So, yeah, so again, Newbie seems to be better coordinating their attacks, better coordinating their ganks and rotations. And uh, uh, Shanghai was just a, an aberration, man. There's no way that these teams were that bad. So I'm kind of happy to see them doing well, uh, you know, going 2-0 in group, 
But uh, Team Liquid, man, those guys are starting to tear it up. They're already in the winner's final. Uh, just took out, like I said, Evil Geniuses, and they're going to play OG for that chance for one of them to get to the grand finals and await who gets there. I know you want to talk about Team Liquid, but I think the bigger story right now would probably be Evil Geniuses, wouldn't you say, Kevin? Yeah, the funny thing is, is after winning the International in 2015, everybody thinks these guys should finish first in every tournament, win this, win that. Well, that's just not the way it works. Sometimes you're going to take some losses. But I will say that, uh, you know, after the roster shakeup in March, when Arteezy and Universe kind of bailed, uh, you know, they ran over to Team Secret, uh, AUI 2000 and Bulba joining the roster from Digital Chaos, those guys have got to learn how to mesh. Now, you know, I know it's only been a couple months, and uh, but I think they're actually doing pretty well for uh, only being on the team for two months. So I think, you know, Evil Geniuses is still looking to find their way in this thing, and, uh, you know, they're going to play the winner of Complexity and Virtus Pro here, and uh, I, I think they're in a good position to still get to the finals at Epicenter. Well, just looking at some of the, the past statistics that they've had, they the two of them combined, I think they played fairly well in the We Play Dota 2 Season 3 group stage matches, um, but it wasn't anything that really knocked the socks off, I guess, if you want to use that terminology for this. And again, I mean, they came in after the Shanghai Major, but it's a situation where I feel like you have to see some success. Because of the reputation, because of what Evil Geniuses did last year, uh, fans, and I think fans of Dota 2, are just looking for them to be that perennial powerhouse that they were and have been and it hasn't it just hasn't quite fit in yet it hasn't worked to that way and uh for me personally it's a little surprising to see that kind of uh poor play i don't even know about poor play but inconsistent play is probably a better way of describing it no i think you're absolutely right it is inconsistent play and let me tell you why because there's inconsistent rosters all over dota 2 i mean people are shuffling to teams it seems like every couple months and how are you going to remain consistent when you've got new players coming in every two months so i think fans and uh, i think pundits kind of get it more i think fans simply see the name on the shirt and they see evil geniuses and like oh they're gonna win every match well the the problem is is the roster shuffle so i'm gonna give them a little bit of a pass here um as liquid seems to be you know red hot right now um yeah, I mean, but, they took uh, second at the Shanghai Major. They took second yeah. at ESL One Manila. So they're they are hot. And even they had a decent pl- uh, finish at the Star Ladder Star Series Season 13, um, where they took third, fourth place. So it's not to say that Team Liquid's bad. I, and I'm not trying to say that. I just think the lack of success, the lack of W, so to speak, that we're not, we're seeing from Evil Geniuses is a real concern. Is it is a real concern? <laughs> well, yeah. But, well, especially again with their reputation and things like that. But their fan base isn't going anywhere. And like I. Said. Their only loss right now has come to uh, uh, Team Liquid, so they'll uh, they'll get through this, and we'll we'll just have to see how it ends. All right. So, do you think that Team Liquid is the powerhouse at Epicenter, at least? I mean, are you expecting them to take home gold, so to speak, or are you think there's gonna be somebody else that comes out of the woodworks? Well, I'll tell you what. Like I said before, the match that I'm looking forward to, if it happens, uh, newbie's gonna have to get past Alliance and the winner between Alliance and Team Secret. I would love to see that newbie Evil Geniuses match, and that's gonna kind of tell us a lot about where these two teams are um you know I'm, I'm fairly certain these guys yeah these guys met in group b and newbie took it to them beat them two nothing so it's going to be interesting to see if evil geniuses has that ability you know to watch some video to remember what happened and kind of counter 
what uh, Newbie did to them. So, I mean, I know I'm talking, I'm speculating about a future match that I hope happens. But at the same time, you're going to learn a lot about evil geniuses in this next two matches, I think. Well, right. And now, I'll be careful. You can't count out Alliance. They were a pretty darn good team way back in the day. There's no guarantee that they're just going to get knocked out and pushed over to the side. But if that situation does happen, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Evil Genius make a make a turnaround from their group play. I mean, they've been notoriously pretty good at, at making changes when they need to. And... Um, well, they are geniuses, Joe. <laughs> well, I suppose you can call them. Yep, that's fair. That's what their name is. Uh, <laughs> but I think that you are going to see a change. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm really believing in newbie just yet. I want to see them take down EG here before I'm really ready to anoint them as the Dota 2 flavor of the month team. Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, we're crossing only going to have fingers. To... We'll see. Yeah, yeah, crossing fingers. We will see again, hoping that they get that matchup. But uh, you know, I'll tell you what. I think Virtus Pro is still a team that can do some damage come here. On. Come on. Oh, come on, man. Watch. Let's just see who wins between Complexity and Virtus Pro. And if Virtus Pro gets to that Evil Geniuses match, that could be pretty good as well. Uh, Epicenter stacked. Let's just put it that way. That's true. Ep- <laughs> Epicenter's got eight solid teams, and it's been a lot. I mean, if you look at uh, you know the last two uh, matches in Group B, both went maximum. They went to uh, three, and then um, two out of the uh, five matches in Group A went to three. Uh, it just tells you how tough the competition is. Okay, I'll give it to you that God has been playing godlike lately. I mean, he's been putting up some pretty massive KDs, especially in like the Dream League game and stuff like that. I don't know if uh, VP is actually on the same level as some of these guys that you're describing. That's not to say that they're not a, they're not a good team, but we're talking about Evil Geniuses, the international champions. We're talking about Team Liquid, who are seemingly routinely in the conversation for a major. I, there's In my mind, I don't think that they have a shot at this time of really knocking off those powerhouse teams. Well, that's the great thing about sports, Joe, is that we don't have to just look at a piece of paper and go, you know what? Your stats are horrible. You lose. So uh, Virtus Pro may not be uh, the team you think they are, but the fact that they got invited to Epicenter and they are one of the top eight teams here, it's my opinion that anything can happen, and I would love to see a Virtus Pro Evil Geniuses match with those two new players for Evil Geniuses. You can't have every player play Evil Geniuses. You can't have every team play at Evil Geniuses. Well, in this case, I can. Virtus oh, Pro is one match away. Newbie, one match away. Come on, I can t- I can look at this as somewhat of a fan and go, these are the matches I want to see. All right, fine, fine. I'll let you have that. Uh, obviously, we're going to have to see more of what's going to take place, and, and we can't really knock anything until it happens. But one thing we can talk about because it did happen. DreamHack Austin. I know a certain somebody that I'm talking with right now actually was able to attend DreamHack Austin, and I know that you got to see up close and personal some amazing CSGO action. So let's discuss that quick. You know I'm not the greatest when it comes to that, so I'll defer to you with some of the knowledge. But what seemed to be the biggest moment for you at that tournament? Getting there. I'd never been to DreamHack before, so it was awesome, man. Jump off a plane, you know, I get there in the morning, and uh, I'd I, never I been to DreamHack. I you jumped off the plane, too. Oh, I did. No, there, there I was at the shoot. turbulence. Oh, yeah. We may have lost a tire or two on the landing. Um, 
But no, getting to DreamHack, man, that was the exciting part. And then showing up and, and seeing the thousands of people that uh, are attending this thing. And I'm talking, you know, not just on the tournament, but the BYOC, which is bring your own computer. <laughs> these guys are bringing their computers and hooking them up to these servers and just going to work, playing each other in all these games. But okay. Let's get back to why I was actually there. I was there to see CSGO and see the top team in the world in Luminosity. And uh, basically what had happened, it turned into a Brazil versus United States affair uh, with two Brazilian teams. Yeah, no, exactly. With, uh, you know. Luminosity and Tempo Storm kind of being the evil villains and all the rest not wanting an all-Brazil final. Oh, stop it. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, I feel like the United States probably is more of the villain in that than anything else. Well, not in our own backyard, we're not. Uh, you should have seen all the red, white, and blue capes oh, I can only and imagine. flags. I can yeah, only imagine. man. No, that was flying around. But uh, just being able to sit there and um, check that out and then watching the matches, seeing the atmosphere. Um, that was probably one of the most amazing experiences I've had in eSports, um, watching those first matches. Uh, but I think there's one match in particular, and we'll get to some other stuff, but there's one match in particular that stuck out in my mind. And Joe, let me set this up for you. As Summit 1G had just defeated Fugly in a 1v1 on train at 15:10, theoretically winning the round but as he went to defuse the bomb something else happened in my get wrecked play of the week back to back when he gets caught trying to trade out a gun fugly finding another one jason r trades it back and now it's summit in the 1v1 to try and close this out against fugly fugly playing it aggressively no but summit's gonna clutch it and slice will close out map number one 16 to 11. oh wait what Okay then. No! <laughs> what happened? Oh no! Summit! No! Oh, that is uh, heartbreaking. Oh my well, goodness. There's that. Oh, Summit. What's up, Reddit? You had it. <laughs> Aria. <laughs> Why not? Why now not they're, now they're broke too. Look at this. Yeah, this is a nightmare. That's a bummer. That was unbelievable. They're up 15 to 10. And, you know, Splice has been just getting destroyed by people and on Reddit, in articles. You know, they're no good. Why are they even there? You know, minus my article, by yeah, the way. you're the lover of all Splice. <laughs> Don't even be talking about uh, trying to get destroyed. Like, you were uh, talking them up all about in your preview article. Yeah, well, that, I apparently I'm the only one. Apparently, but, I mean, yeah. right. <laughs> but these guys—they're up fifteen to ten. They're up fifteen to ten. They—if you hear, did you hear the announcers? They yeah. said they won the round. <laughs> they were already winning the map, and they look at his player model face down in the fire, and they're like, "What just happened here?" And you know, his funny thing is, is that I actually interviewed uh, Jared uh, Summit One G. Um, Sorry, you got compromised gamer. Uh, yeah, yeah, Summit One G right after, and uh, boy, he was upset. And you know, the funny like thing a, is, like a crying upset or like a fist pounding. I'm gonna punch out somebody upset. Well, he wasn't lying in a fetal position with his thumb in his mouth. I I'll take that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Not embarrassing. I mean, I, it was embarrassing. Sorry, no, it, it was, was embarrassing. But I feel bad for him. I would be in a puddle right now, just like melting. 
melting away. Well, that's the word he used was embarrassed. Uh, but the most important thing to him, which was really interesting to hear, he said his first thoughts weren't of what he was, the abuse he was going to take. His first thoughts were, oh my God, I just let these four guys down. We had this map and we were supposed to win. And I blew it for him. So that that showed a little bit of maturity to me in the fact that, you know, if you don't know, this guy has over 1.3 million followers on Twitch. Yeah, he's in the top five Twitch guys ever. And he's got 8,000 subscribers at any one time. And if you want to do the math on that, that's 8,000 times $5 a sub per month. Guy's killing it. Um, But the funny thing was he wasn't really worried about himself as much as he was uh, the team. And that tells tells me a lot about him. And – you know, I gave him a day to cool off. So I, you know, gave him a day and then I called him up and, uh, you know, I asked him all the questions that a reporter would ask. And then I asked him, I said, you know what, Summit, uh, would you do it again? Would you play again? And he goes, well, I'm glad you asked me today because yesterday I would have said no. <laughs> but today, after thinking about it, this is something I might want to pursue. And I've already had a couple teams uh, come to me. And uh, ask if I wanted to play. So I don't know. Maybe it can turn it. He could parlay that into something. He's a celebrity one way or the other. Um, but that was that was just really heart wrenching for Splice, especially after yours truly said they would get out of group. And they were that close. That's right. I mean, so you can you can see more of Kevin's stuff on ESPN dot com slash slash esports his article about Summit 1G and his preview that was horribly wrong with the splice call uh, up on the site. Yeah, well, hey, you know, <laughs> call it like you see it. Uh, Ouch. Well, I know you can go ahead and check out your article on Summit 1G and your horrible splice call on com slash esports. I call it like I see it, Kevin. Come on now. Killing you know, me over here. You can, you can read both of those uh, articles on com slash esports. Check out Kevin's stuff. Uh, but I, while editing that piece and like looking over some stuff and uh, getting ready for this podcast, I just had a question, I guess, based off of that. I know you spoke to Summit 1G. Maybe you spoke to some of the other teammates. I'm not sure but how do you feel like the team felt did you feel like the team thought summit let them down no not at all you know the funny thing is is you're watching the video um i was there and i couldn't really see uh their faces past the monitor but when i revert when i reviewed the video for this you can see that at one point aria uh aria aria heckmat he looks over at him, and you can see him mouth the words, you're okay, don't worry about it. Oh, okay. The funny thing, though, is that uh, Ryan Freakazoid Abadir, he is smiling coyly the entire time as if to go, ha, 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 what did you just do? But in a funny way. Like, it, it, it was that look where he's just shaking his head at you, smiling, um, because he's got your back, but knowing at the same time, holy cow, did you just mess up? But no, this, you know what? The funny thing is this team really took to his back, you know, and I asked him that question. I said, hey, be honest, man. Is your team kind of just like upset that he said, not at all. He said the team was fully supportive. They were the ones that actually kept him, you know, from jumping off a bridge. And uh, it was Splice. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. And it was Splice and then the other pros that came out of nowhere on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a ton, you know, like Fallen and uh, uh, James, the former Team Liquid coach. They came out in, you know, to support him saying, hey – 
mistakes happen, all these things, you know, have a short memory because uh, you're going to make mistakes again. And so it was really the fans that uh, took the torch to him, to be real honest, making memes with his hair on fire and, you know, using the uh, the poster from Denzel Washington's Man on Fire and putting his face on it. Um, there were some really funny things. And I will tell you that uh, Summit really did roll with the punches. In fact, say, yep. Yeah, no, he retweeted a lot of those funny pictures. And I will tell you the funniest thing I read, though, was Fallen uh, from Luminosity. He tweeted out, do you think we should put a plaque on that spot in train where you died that says Summit 1G? (laughs) And I thought that I'm like, how cool would that be for every CSGO player in history to walk past that exact spot and see a square of Summit 1G. I think that would be awesome. Well, you know, it helps that he's got a lot going for him. I mean, you discuss the Twitter fo- or the, the Twitch followers and subscribers, and it's not like his profession profession. So he can kind of roll with the punches, so to speak, and, and be fine with it. But I really, I mean, I, I am a Splice fanboy, not like you are, but I just like that the players and the teams and stuff uh, that that they seem to be. It's good to hear that he was able to move on past that because that would be like a debilitating thing for me if that happened to me while I was playing and we had the win. Like, we had the win and I did that. Oh, I couldn't imagine how it would feel. Well, the, the funny thing is it's very, very similar to what Bill Buckner did. Here's oh, why. In a baseball reference. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's very similar. Ball goes between Bill Buckner's legs. There's still more game to yeah, play. Right, exactly. And that was only game six, so they had a whole nother mm-hmm. game seven to play. It's the exact same thing that happened to Summit. Right. They still had four more rounds to win that map and couldn't get it done. And then they still had an entire other map to play and still couldn't get it done. So it's very, very similar to Bill Buckner. And as Arya told me, we still should have won. We had the map and we just couldn't do it. Well, I think that's how the teammates can can kind of not be so upset about it because they have plenty of chances to take the victory and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, no, it was – and yes, I, I, I'm a fan of Splice. And the match I was so looking forward to happening had they got out of there is that Freakazoid would have been facing his old team – well, old current team, uh, Cloud9. And don't for a second think that he wouldn't be telling you everything that these guys do when they got to the map. So that would have been very interesting to see Ryan spouting off all of cloud Nine strats in the middle of a match. Okay, so as much as I want to talk about Splice, we probably need to cover some teams that actually did successful things at that tournament. Kevin? Yeah, yeah, looking at you. <laughs> yes, there. yes, yes. Uh, the All-Brazilian Final, we had... Luminosity taking down Tempo Storm. How how did we even get there? How did we get there in the finals? Well, the last great American hope really rested on the shoulders of Cloud9 against movie title. <laughs> <laughs> the CS:GO movie. Um, Cloud9 best of 3 in a thriller that they knew that they should have won. Um, so Cloud9 takes the first nap against Tempo Storm. They're on Cobblestone. They beat him 16-13. And then on Inferno, you know, they're up. They're winning. They were winning the whole time. They even had match 
point up 15 to 13 they close it out they get to the finals everybody wears their usa flags and shirt in the finals and they're all happy but no tempo storm and henny they come storming back 19 to 16 and then here's where it gets really fun in game number three tempo storm goes up 12-0 and everybody's like, okay, this is done. It's over. Cloud9 did not want to go out like that. Right. They come storming back. They get all the way back to 11-14. They get back to 12-14, and they can't push it across. They lose 15-12 in the semis to Tempo Storm to meet Luminosity in the finals, uh, who had beat Team Liquid. And they're going to see who is the elder son of Brazil in that final. And it ended up very easily said. Luminosity, 16-9, 16-9. Pretty easy. Yeah, but you didn't even tell me how. I'm, I, I'm, I know the results because I've read your stuff, but I'm wondering what, what did Luminosity do that Temple Storm just could not figure out? Luminosity, they have some of the best aimers in the game. Those guys are fast with the crosshairs. They put it on your head quickly, and they just, they just execute you. I mean, they are very, very good that way. And uh, their strategies are very good. They're a well-balanced team. They spread across the map uh, in order to cover all corridors coming to the bomb sites. And they're able to rotate quickly. But uh, for me, it's their aim that allows them to, to take out teams very, very quickly. And quite frankly, a lot of these guys don't have that. These guys are the Best team in the world when it comes to aiming. All right, so final thing for uh, DreamHack Austin. What was the most impressive thing that you saw uh, during the game matches? I would have to say it's come a long way in terms of the production value. You know, it used to be like an easy up with dudes sitting under there with a you know card table playing games kind of deal. The production value now at these events are so solid. Uh, the camera work is great. The announcers are great. The stage is great. You couple that with the standing room only crowd that came to attend these things, and the atmosphere is amazing. The more big time uh, the CSGO folks make it, it seems to directly correlate into how many people show up because now it's a big time event. So for me, it was the the uh, the talent and the broadcasting and uh, the stage couple that with the amount of people there um that made it awesome for me dreamhack was amazing everybody should go and you know the funny thing about that joe with all the production value and things like like that are going on that seems to be happening in the call of duty world too all these tournaments are starting to sprout up all these uh professional former players in professional sports are starting to buy teams and the great thing is i have no idea about this stuff that's why I'm glad you're here. Uh, talk to us a little bit about these happenings, man. A lot of stuff going down in Call of Duty. Well, yeah. I've, I mean, I think you're referencing uh, the former Boston Celtic and Los Angeles Laker legend Rick Fox purchasing another esports team, this time a Call of Duty team, which he has affectionately named Echo Fox. I mean, he has uh, teams in League of Legends, CSGO, now Call of Duty. He might even have one more. I'm not even positive. But it was announced yesterday that he would be dabbling now in the Call of Duty field. So his team heading into the MLG Anaheim tournament is going to be made up of Jordan Proofy Cannon. Um, we then have Neslo, who I'm going to talk about a little bit more, uh, Sinful, and then Cyborg. Uh, most of those guys are 
not even new to the scene. I'm not going to say that, but uh, there are two bigger names in it, especially. Uh, for me personally, I'm just happy to see that Neslo is getting another chance. He was on Team Caliber in the Call of Duty World League Season 1, and his team was forced into relegation. Kind of a crappy situation, honestly, because they were playing in the relegation match, and they're one of their best players, uh, Gunjar, couldn't even make that match due to traveling issues, so they ended up losing to King Poppy 4-2, and they were out. So that meant that the four guys for, for Team Caliber couldn't even play in the Call of Duty World League. And honestly, there aren't, I mean, you're talking about the tournaments, there really aren't that many that are out there that are Call of Duty sponsored, that are a lot of cash, that also teams that aren't in the CWL can play in. So it kind of seemed like they're done. I mean, a few of the team players on Team Caliber either retired or went to different teams. We didn't really know what was going to happen with Neslo. There was rumors surfering, surfacing, not surfering, surfacing about him joining another team, but we hadn't heard much about it. So today, obviously, with Echo Fox, actually yesterday, Echo Fox, that's a big deal. Neslo, to me, is one of the good guys in Call of Duty. Uh, he's always been a team player for the most part. I mean, we haven't heard too many bad things as far as chem- chemistry issues go. And when there were probably better players out there like Parasite and uh, like Aches that could have been on a team, yeah, yeah, there, there were obviously known chemistry issues that were attached to that. So I'm happy to see a guy like Neslo get another chance. However, I think the biggest part of that roster is going to be Proofy. And I know that you have a little bit of experience talking about that, so I'll let you take the floor with what do you think Proofy is going to provide for this team. Well, first of all, let me just tell you, there's a ton of tournaments popping up in my own backyard, you know, with the MLG Anaheim. We even have the eSports Arena over here in Anaheim, and they're sponsoring, you know, 1K tournaments for all these little guys uh, weekly. I mean, they're, it, it's coming along. And then, like you said, you get people like Rick Fox starting to buy teams. And uh, well, watch what happens. This thing is going to start taking off. But what an addition to that team with uh, Proofy. He's probably the most recognizable name on the team. That's guy's that's played. Arguable. That's that's absolutely yeah. true. Yep. Yeah. No. This guy has played on just about any team that's been anybody. I mean, if you look at Team Envious, uh, Luminosity, Solo Mid, Phase, Optic, this guy has played on any team that's ever been any good, and he seems like whatever team he's on is the team that's going to win. So I think this guy is just fantastic. And uh, I think Rick Fox made an absolutely great move getting this guy onto his team so that uh, he has a little bit more notoriety and something that he can really market to fans around this area. Well, that, that Proofy move in particular, he's he's probably most known for his time with Optic Gaming. They were the ones that uh, won that really great Game 5 Sovereign Search and Destroy in call of duty ghosts to become the first gold medalists uh for uh i'm sorry for x games gold medal x games so that yeah was, yeah that was a big deal uh with optic gaming i know that they want their separate right they separate ways and optic and proofy made their own moves and i mean obviously optic is still one of the premier teams in the league it'll be interesting to see whether echo fox can get there or not they're not in the cwl they're not in uh, stage two so there's going to be a lot of work to do to get to that point, but they really could make some waves at MLG Anaheim. I know that's the next one coming up. That's not part of the CWL. And there could be some, some major plays that you see out of them considering it's an open tournament. I mean, there's a bracket. I want to say like there's 80 plus teams are going to be there. This could be a real chance for 
Echo Fox to make a name for themselves in the Call of Duty world. Because I know they're struggling a little bit in CSGO. They definitely are struggling in League of Legends. This is their chance uh, to make a little bit of a way for themselves, and they have players to do it. And Joe, one of the things I don't understand about this tournament, are they really going to have 96 teams sitting next to each other in a convention center playing? Or are some of these guys going to be playing remotely and then they're like, okay, you guys won. We'll bring the top 32 in here and you guys get to play. Do you have any idea how that's going to go down? Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I said upwards of 80. Yeah, we're at 96 amateur teams and 12 North American uh, uh, okay. Call of Duty World League teams are competing head-to-head. Black Ops 3 for $100,000 and then 10,000 CWL Pro points. Okay. That's going to be how you can qualify for the Call of Duty Championship. Okay. It's take place at the end of this year. Hopefully, I'll be able to go. Hopefully, crossing fingers. Um, but to your question about how many, how they can get that, it's just going to be a large arena. You're going to have a huge floor. <laughs> we're going to have a whole bunch of PS4s uh, set up. Wow. And we're going to be playing. We're going to be watching it, and we're going to see what can happen. So if you talk about Echo Fox, this is a chance for them to really make an impression, at least against some of the actual Call of Duty World League teams. Honestly, if I'm looking at that roster right now, and I'm just going off of what I know of the players and what I'm seeing right now in the Call of Duty World League Stage 2, they probably could beat a handful of teams that are in there right now. I know there's 12. Honestly, I think they could handle 100 Thieves. I think it would be a very good match against Team Solo Mid. Yeah, Team Envious even, they could have a problem. Uh, they could really do some damage with it. I think Envious wins that, but it would be really interesting to see. Proofy and Nesla are going to make all the difference in the world as far as that goes. And I think the team's going to live or die by how they play and perform. And hopefully the other two players can kind of build around that roster. It's a lot different in my mind than some of these other League of Legends sure. and Dota 2, just because camaraderie i can hardly ever say that word and teamwork makes such a huge difference in this um and can have such a drastic impact on how you're enjoying the game and therefore how you're playing yeah you know what the funny thing for me is is i know you know quite a few former professional athletes and they're all ultra competitive i really would love to sit down with uh, Rick Fox and ask him how he feels about his team not winning all the time and w- what he does about that. Um, but going back to what you said, yeah, I think it is, there is a little bit different. And now, you know, here's the thing that I don't understand again about call. What's this whole verticality thing they've got going on in these games? Is it, uh, I get to jump in the air like I'm on the moon and start shooting people? Um, it's funny you should bring up the moon because that's actually the trailer that they just released for the newest Call of Duty game, which has got the, which has got the most dislikes in YouTube history. I mean, it seemed just like a meme thing that people did. Um, yeah, the layer of verticality. Call of Duty transitioned away from just boots in the ground type of play probably three or four years back, three or four iterations back, and it became a point where they thought, oh, yeah, let's add jetpacks in. Let's add sliding in. Let's, <laughs> let's add this. And, you know, it's a cool idea, and I honestly don't blame uh, Call of Duty for, like, thinking that's how we should go, but it's clear that's not the direction that people want to see either competitively or whatever. I mean, It's silly. Well, it's silly. I like it, and I, I think I'm one of the few people to say that. I think it really adds a, a dimension that you can't necessarily predict. So instead of worrying about positioning, it's more about who's just the better player. So you can jump over and, and spray kill or whatever you need to to get that, whereas you could sit in a lane and just mow down the competition that's trying to get better <laughs> position. No, I mean, you laugh, but that's where the verticality really adds in to 
this game. And you can really see, I think it's a pretty refined game, Black Ops 3, for how they're using the verticality. And wall running and climbing, it's a different dimension that you can't... Well, now is it called postmodern warfare? Because it's... (laughs) Well, we had an advanced warfare game. So now, I mean, that's part of the series. It's definitely post-advanced, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I just think that that really adds to me as a fan as far as what we're seeing from the game. I know some people disagree, and I, I get that. But you get to see the players really make some unbelievable plays using that verticality element and just faster movements that I know I can't do. And that's kind of the fun of sports in my mind. So, Joe, we are six games into the North American edition of the Call of Duty World League, man. And uh, I don't have a super grasp on what's going on, but what do you see so far? Well, there's there's some obvious surprises. I think one starts with MVS uh, 2 and 3, Optic Gaming 4 and 2. Both are teams that are, have been successful in the past, made runs in Stage 1 where they were they looked to be the best teams in the Call of Duty World League. And now they're sitting at, uh, well, MVS is 7 and 5, 5 Optic Gaming. Now that can be partially due to a lot of the issues that they've had actually streaming the matches where there's been some freezes and, and things like that happening. But for me, those are two of the biggest ones. Envious came in with a new lineup, and it looked to be successful. At least I thought they were really going to be able to do it. And they've had moments at times that they've been able to do that, but they've only really been able to 301 team. They've struggled oh, to wow. get the win. Yeah, yeah, they've struggled to get the wins. So you look at Optic Gaming, and they've been one of the biggest proponents of this issue where there's been freezing happening. I mean, they wanted to forfeit one game, and Activision wouldn't let them do it. So that's where you see the 4-2 <laughs> and two happening. You sure. look at some of the teams at the top of the standings, to me, it's it's far and away the biggest surprise, H2K and Dream Team. H2K is 5-1, Dream Team's 4-1. They're 1-3 right now, right in the mix with Rise Nation, who took second in the Stage 1 championship. I just watched Dream Team again last night. I know they're playing uh, 100 Thieves and that one, the, who are a new team that came in, they don't really have everything set up right now in my mind, they really were able to do quite well. I think if you look at the top of the standings, the biggest surprise to me is definitely H2K uh, residing in rank one and then Dream Team yeah. actually in rank three with five and one and four and one records uh, respectively. To me, I, and I just went and watched Dream Team play 100 Thieves last night just to go over it again, the play really comes down to Killa. I mean, he had what was an okay KD against 100 Thieves, uh, 77-72, but he made some unbelievable plays in that, especially in the uplink. And that's where I think that you're going to see Dream Team uh, start to do better. Again, 100 Thieves, not the greatest team in the world, particularly in uplink. They've really struggled. I actually ret- retweeted something about that the other day. Uh, but in that instance, they were up 14-2 to uh, in the first half of that match. There was no way they could come back. And Killa was the main reason for that. You go to H2K, and they are really... Uh, benefiting from the duo of Legal and Fizzerp, who have been unbelievable in the slaying category. So we're seeing at the top that the best teams, and this isn't a surprise and it shouldn't be to anybody, the slaying really is making a big deal. I think. Well, Dream Dream Team is struggling, though. They haven't 3 0 anybody in this stage so far. They've had to win in four twice and in five twice. So I, they are struggling a little bit. They haven't been able to handle anybody yet. And if you look at their schedule, they haven't been playing the real cream of the crop, so to speak. Um, if we're going to go through it right now, they their only loss was against a Cloud9 team that's only 2 and 4 right now. But wow. If, yeah, if you go, they took down Luminosity Gaming, who was a playoff 
was in the playoffs for stage one, but didn't do anything. Then you go through their face clan. That was a dominating victory, and face clan has been up there for most of the year, but they haven't been anything too special, so to speak. I mean, they're below Dream Team in the standings right now, and that's partially because I think Dream Team was able to take advantage of some of the issues that were happening via the internet during that time. Uh, sure. And then they defeated Complexity Gaming, and that should not have went five games that it did. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's through two weeks. Uh, I think that you're going to see Dream Team fall off, if I'm being honest. I, I like the story because they came back from relegation and are able to be better, but I think they're going to fall off. H2K, on the other hand, they just rebranded themselves. Like, they have a new cool logo that we're going to have to update on our site soon. But, uh, <laughs> they, they're a team that I think could make a real run at, I wouldn't say competing with Optic uh, Gaming and Rise Nation, but at least being in the conversation. And that's really all we're looking for because coming into Stage 2, there was not anybody that I thought that was even going to be close to either of those two games. Man, I'm going to have to bust out my PlayStation 4 again and start getting after it and see what these guys are doing. I haven't played Call of Duty in so long, but I'll tell you what, it is kind of fun to watch. You look at those clips where they're jumping off of stuff and vertical headshots and things like that. So I guess I can see, you know, the fan attraction to the game, see why you like it. Um, but yeah, man, no, this looks exciting and there's a lot of things to extrapolate from, uh, you know, the current standings that's going on. This looks like this thing could be topsy-turvy for like the next couple of uh, weeks. What do you think? Oh, I think that you're going to see a lot of change. There's going to be, I mean, Dream Team's going to have to have a harder schedule coming up here. And you're going to also see, uh, I think, Optic Gaming probably getting into its own a little bit more. If we go look at stage five, or I'm sorry, week five, which will happen yeah, next week, just making sure I had all my calendars correct here. Uh, I think we're going to have Rise Nation probably rise up even higher. And at that point, they might even take over Dream Team because we're going to see a terrific match May 18th versus Dream Team and H2K. So that's the one in three teams I was just talking about. I think that you're going to start seeing Dream Team start to fall down the standings. And honestly, the CWL isn't even giving them much publicity right now because they are hardly playing their matches on stream, like we're having to watch it off. And I think that uh, they kind of know it's... It's a little bit of um. Well, I would guess not a productive, not a productive one. To put your <laughs> put your money on if you're thinking that you're going to start betting on Call of Duty or something like that, and which teams are going to be successful. I'm not sure that's the way to go. But uh, if we're if we're talking about other leagues, and I try to do my best with it, but it's tough. I think my get rectum of the week actually is going to come from the Australian New Zealand match that took place this week. This is going to be one hell of a play. I could feel it. Look, he's just watching. He's watching and waiting to see if they go for the bomb. He's got camo as well. Gaidra. This is... Was he still not spotted? No. You're kidding. What does he look... Oh my god! He got it. He got it. I <laughs> he just blinked for a second. What does he look like? He looks just like this. Gaidra. As soon as the bomb arm went down, capped him. Oh, wow. Man, what a play. So we have Gaidra... <laughs> Hide, planting the bomb first for Team Immunity and then going and hiding in the corner. He knows Team Excellence is coming. He's waiting for him. He's waiting for him to come and try and defuse the bomb. He hid in a bush. It's a one, <laughs> he did hide in a bush. It's a one-on-two situation. And he knows that he has this locked up so much that he switches to third-person camera and then kills both Critical and Kitty for the game-ending victory. Honestly, what a play. What a ballsy play. And speaking of get wrecked, Joe, it looks like it's our time to get wrecked. We're out of here. Uh, we're gonna Next week, we're going to look at the Epicenter in Moscow, the DreamHack Tours Heroes of the Storm, 
And the big one, the League of Legends Midseason Invitational Finals. That's going to be a big deal. We're going to have all that and more uh, next week. Joe, what do you got for us? Well, look for us to bring on some more guests, talk about some of the biggest and best esport happening that going on throughout the week. And awesome. uh, I hope that you really enjoyed this podcast. Looking forward to talking to you guys next week. They're going to kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.